Hello again, and welcome to another episode of My Favorite Conservative. I am Edward. And I'm Andrea, but I am not conservative. You're not? I'm not, but he is my favorite conservative. Thank you. All right. So last episode, we talked about Edward's hill to die on, which was the environment. Climate change. Okay, climate change. And this episode... We're going to talk about my hill to die on. What would that be? That would be women should be competing in female athletics. Women, biological women, not trans women. So they should be competing against themselves. Is that correct? I don't know, but they shouldn't be competing against women. No, no, no. Women should compete with women. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. There shouldn't be any modifier to the word woman. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. No birthing people, none of that bullshit. So correct. No. Okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about our backgrounds and why we're passionate about this. So while I'm not technically an athlete, I was a ballet dancer for 17 years. And ballet, if you've ever taken it, is extremely athletic. And in ballet, there are really definitive male versus female roles. And while there is some crossover on the actual moves that you learn, there are certain leaps and jumps that typically only men do. And for example, men don't dance on point and, and women do. So there, you know, there's some crossover. Absolutely. Men and women take ballet class together all the time, but when it comes to actual performance, there are some major differences. And also when it comes to partnering, typically Now, it can happen in more modern ballets, but typically the women are not lifting the men. And here's why. Men are stronger physically. I believe women are emotionally stronger across the board, but men are physically stronger. And that's why in ballet, men are lifting women. So that's where I come from in terms of my athletic background. What about you, Edward? Uh, yeah, I've been an athlete my entire life. I was a wanted to be a professional baseball player, but uh, injuries cut that short. Uh, I have been a a runner for forty years now. Uh, he has the best legs, all right, ever. Yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> okay. like thighs of steel. Go yeah. ahead. So I've run <laughs> literally hundreds of races, yes. tens of thousands of miles of training, triathlons, Ironman. Um, I have been a very nationally ranked bowler. Um, I don't know how those two go together. They go together. It's the coordination. I think the eye hand coordination. Oh, but, but you're um, out like I mean, he ran the Boston Marathon. Yeah, qualifier running twenty five plus marathons or so. Yeah, uh, I mean a lot of people do more, but always ran at a very high level, local level especially, and uh, yeah. So and trained with a lot of really good female athletes. I mean, real top class that, and I saw the dedication that was put into it. And that's kind of what gets me going is, is a man trying to take that from a woman. Yeah. And you were a coach too. I mean, let's yeah, not yeah. That. I, I, I coached youth uh, uh, running for a long time or had didn't do it anymore, but uh, yeah. And, and it's so great to watch the kids, you know, from we started at age seven you know, take them up through high school and watching them get college scholarships and whatnot. And uh, for that to be taken, if you're a girl uh, or female on the team, yeah, that's unacceptable to me. Yeah. And I was also a dance teacher. I actually 
taught drill team at my sister's elementary school and boys were not allowed on drill team. That's just the way it was. So, you know, I've been a teacher as well. So where did this all begin? What is this from? Um, I mean, I think we, what do we have to go back to title nine, I guess? Well, yeah, let's talk about title nine. The whole point of title nine, what year was title 1972, nine? 1972. It was a Nixon administration. Oh, year I was born. Okay. <laughs> Do the math, people. <laughs> so 50 years ago. Okay. And the point of Title IX? To equal sports uh, in terms of the opportunities that women weren't getting right. as related to men's teams. And uh, I think this really impacted college. Yeah, it was meant, meant for the collegiate level because right. what it did is if you didn't adhere to Title IX, which we can get into... Uh, at your university, you would lose federal funding. That's right. So, so if you had a male track team, guess what? You had to have a, a female, female track, track team. team. Yeah. And, you know, I want to have one more thing here. When I was in grad school at USC, I was a graduate TA. And it just so happened that the the professor I worked for in that particular course was very early in the morning. And because of the timing, we ended up having a lot of athletes. So I wasn't teaching them their sports. But I interacted with all kinds of collegiate athletes, male and female. And I'm talking about football, basketball, track, lacrosse, water polo. I mean, you name it. And this did not exist at that time. This problem did not exist at, at all. And this was in the, the mid 2000s. Mm -hmm. There's always un unintended consequences with, with Title IX. We're not going to get too deeply into that. But it cut back a lot of men's sports because... The universities couldn't afford to carry two sports and everything, so they would just cut out a men's sport. Like an example is University of Miami has no men's golf team, which is shocking because everybody plays golf in Miami. Is that so, because they couldn't have a they, they didn't have did, enough they women? didn't have enough funds for the women's team oh, okay. and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. And often, I mean, I'll be the first to say that often the the male sports, the the fundraising that goes into it. I'm thinking of USC football. That pays for all the other sports. It does. Yeah. It does. And what has happened over the 50 years that it's been in existence now is it's been bastardized. And what was initially meant for sports has now gotten into every social justice campaign that you can think of. So if you mispronoun somebody uh, intentionally, that's a Title IX. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. A boo boo. It's a bad <laughs> thing. How's that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Which it's, it's an, infra an infraction. Which is ridiculous. I only yeah. think about pronouns and I'm writing. Sorry, people. So, I do. So, but yeah, so that's where it all got started with Title IX. And now it's been taken to this extreme level of well, now we have now, now Title IX is being interpreted as transgender people need to have the same rights as everybody else, which is fine. But when you're talking about sports, there's a something that evens everything out, and that's the playing field. Right. The playing field is level for everybody. And if you have a physical advantage and you are now in this transgender mode, you're, you're going to dominate. And it's been proven. I think we have... Before we dive into those, yeah. uh, so I just want to say one of the things I really appreciate about who is now Caitlyn Jenner, previously Bruce Jenner very famous athlete. I mean, I think that's what he's best known for. And he is not in favor. He is transgender. He is not in favor of transgender women who are biological men 
competing in female sports because of the physical difference and the advantages. And, you know, and he's been somewhat vocal about this. I think he's pulled back a little bit lately because he's gotten so much criticism, but I mean, here's someone that, that knows every facet of this, right? He knows it as an athlete, as a very successful athlete. He knows it as someone who has now transitioned and he can acknowledge that probably even today, if he played someone as a woman, and let's say someone about his age, because of course, age affects our ability, you know, and let's say he played a biological female about his age running, right? Wasn't he a big runner? Well, he was a, a decathlon. decathlon. Yeah. So 10 events. So he would win. <laughs> There's a good chance he would. He, he would win. Plays pretty well. Yeah. yeah. If we're talking about the same age, but you know, because he's biologically, he's a male, yeah. even with the hormones. I mean, what, what tell me, talk to you about Serena, Serena Williams. Yeah. So Serena Williams, uh, who has recently retired from tennis, who is considered the goat, the greatest of all time, even better than her sister Venus. She has said that she could play the, I think she said the 200th rank male tennis player in the world. And he would wipe the court with her. And we've seen her play. She is ferocious on the court, but she has come out and said, look, I can't compete against a biological male. Yeah. You know, now they're starting to split the baby, um, certain governing bodies. FINA, F-I-N-A, which is the governing body, the international governing body for all water sports, whether it's swimming. Oh, I thought it was just swimming. No, oh, swimming, all water sports. diving, okay. water polo. I, I do want to bring up the exact quote on that. So I, okay. I, I, I want to bring it up because it's kind of crazy. So, uh, so FINA came out and they thought they were going to, as Edward said, split the baby and fix the problem. So this is what they have said. They are now banning transgender athletes from competing in professional women's swimming. And they mean, you know, boys who become girls with the exception of athletes who can establish to Fina's comfortable satisfaction that they have not experienced any part of male puberty beyond what they call Tanner stage two of puberty or before age 12 whichever is later. So talk about unintended consequences. I mean, if this is not encouraging young people to transition even sooner, this is crazy, okay? Good intentions, but the outcome of this is going to be horrific. Yeah, so you're encouraging girls before they're even teenagers. No, boys. Or was this boys? Or boys. Yeah, yeah, this is boys. Sorry, boys. Before Before they're even teenagers. teenagers. That are really uncomfortable in their bodies anyway. To make that decision, I better start transitioning now so that I can compete at a later stage, you know, legally. Well, and think about it. What if you're a boy and you, because, you know, you come from baseball. What if you're a boy and you start playing baseball from the time you can walk? And you realize by the time you're 11 or so that you're a good baseball player, but you're not a great baseball player. But if you start transitioning right now, then later in life, you can play as a boy on the girls team because you will be transgender and you'll be the best baseball player in the world. And granted, this is swimming, but this is going to have ripple effects. It is. And now we're seeing uh, actual NCAA collegiate championships being won 
Uh, I think there've been three sports so far that, that uh, was swimming, swimming. Well, I think I've got it here. Uh, track and field also, uh, I think it was 400 meter hurdles is won by a transgender uh, man, if you will. A, a woman. Well, That's a woman. I know. Yeah. But, but you gotta say, so, yeah. And believe it or not, bowling. Oh, bowling too? Bowling indeed. Yeah. So a transgender a man. woman. No, you guys say transgender yeah. woman. I'm not going to say transgender. I'm going to say a man bowled on a woman's team. Okay. And beat them. And and won the NCAA championship. And, and the reason for that is besides throwing it harder, bowling is all about revolutions on the ball. How many revs you can put on the ball while it goes down there. And the more revs you put on it, the more the pins will explode. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, and they do. It's not even close, and it's it's sad. And I think the this really came to light earlier this year. Um, I think everyone's familiar with Leah Thomas. By the way, I thought it was L-E-A-H. It's not. It's L-I-A. But Leah Thomas formally competed on men's swimming team. Formerly Leah, William Thomas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Transitioned to female, started taking hormones, and she won, let's see, she was the first transgender athlete to win the NCAA title in the women's 500-yard freestyle. Well, of course she's going to win, he, she. Of course she is. She's stronger. She's bigger. And I just, well, my mind is exploding. I'm sorry. You're falling into the trap, which I refuse to fall into. You're calling him a she. Okay, fine. But I just, <laughs> my head wants to explode. And and yeah. the young lady that should have won this, and in fact, Governor uh, DeSantis of Florida declared her the winner, Emma Wyant. I don't know if I'm saying the last name right, but she came in second place and, and she really should have won. To think that we would be thinking about this 10 years ago, you would have looked at us like we were insane. I know. You know, and I want to add, here's what it's doing. It's eroding women's rights. Women fought so hard. I know it seems like it was a long time ago, but it was only 100 years ago when women got the right to vote. Title IX only happened 50 years ago. And now women's rights are completely disappearing. And I consider myself a feminist. And this is part of being a feminist. And what also upsets me is where are the feminist organizations? Now, hello, National Organization of Women, speak the fuck up. Say something about this because female athletes, biological female athletes will cease to exist if we go down this path and continue. They'll be gone in a decade. I mean, no girl is going to want to compete knowing she doesn't have a shot in hell. I will be happy to call you whatever name you want to be called, but don't ask me to join in your game, your mental illness, if you will, of saying that you are chromosomally chromosomally got the right word yes Yes. uh the opposite sex when you are not those your chromosomes will never change that's right okay they won't and when we start falling into this game of calling he a she and she a he you're just encouraging it even more and you're just in fact it's being glossed over and yeah i again I, i refuse to play in that well and you know i want to add this is a little bit of a sidebar but it's relevant that if you have a serious disease and I come from this space advocating for cancer patients and you go to enter a clinical trial, you have two options, male or female. That's it. And you have to choose 
your biological sex, what you were born as. You have to, because that makes a difference in, in so many different areas of science. I mean, it really has an impact. So it's not that clinical trials are discriminating against men versus women. You know, it's about biology. Well, sure. Uh, how are the doctors going to know how to treat you? I mean, I, I don't think there is a trans woman who has had cancer of the uterus. Am I correct? I I don't know, but there was a well, there is no the, uterus. There was man, right. There correct. was a okay. trans man though that had cervical cancer. And yes. the oncologist felt terrible for assuming it was her partner that had cervical cancer and, and wrote this whole mea copa and a very well-known oncology um, magazine for professionals. It's a little sad. All right, we're back. We had some technical glitches. We went from wireless to wired. So yeah. we're sharing these earbuds, but bottom line is it's working. Yeah. So. Okay, so why don't you tell us about that meme you saw last week? Because it is pretty funny. Yeah, I was reading something and I'll read it off my notes here. Women's sport is not a retirement plan for failed male athletes. So, hey, been to that. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think right now people think, well, you know, these trans athletes, they're just competitors. They want to better themselves and, and all that, blah, no, blah, blah. Fine. Right. But what it will devolve into is people gaming the system because people oh, yeah. always game the system. And if you can become a world-class athlete in another sport as a different gender and make a lot of money at it, because let's, let's be honest that transgenderism is applauded and you are held up to the highest esteem in corporate the corporate world right now in terms of sponsorships and yeah. anything like that, you will play that game. You know what? It? I could see this happening in golf. Yeah. I could see it happening in golf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, because, because sure. again, you take the best female golfer in the world and play sort of the, the mediocre, like maybe, you know, hundredth out of in the world, a male golfer, and he's going to win. Yeah. He's more powerful. It, it's and, and the difference between men's and women's golf is distance. Yes. Women play a much shorter course than the men do. And even they might play the same course, but they're playing it from a much shorter distance. Most female athletes are afraid to speak up. Yeah. I believe Emma Wyant has and a few others from Penn just because they directly felt, you know, the impact right then and there seeing leah thomas get the gold and they didn't and they are top swimmers in their field i mean they are but you have to speak up yeah. i mean it's great you know edward and i are talking on about this on my favorite conservative because we're passionate about it but but we really can't do anything it's the people that are experiencing it you have to tell your stories you have to go on Instagram live and TikTok and really get out there and just scream it from the rooftops. Because if all the female athletes came together, not just in swimming, it would make a difference. It would force a change. It would stop this from happening. And again, even that ruling from FINA, that's going to have just devastating consequences. I mean, I, I feel like the bottom line is if you are a biological male you and you're an athlete and you want to compete, you compete against other biological men. And I don't care if you start to transition before the age of 12, because we can't encourage that either. 
We can't. No. And some people say, well, let's have a separate trans division. At least that would be fair. Yeah. I, I, I just want to see what the television ratings or the attendance ratings are for, for these, uh, for these trans sports. I got a feeling it'll be next to nothing. But you know what? At least that's fair. And and I think that would be a good gauge of, okay, are there enough trans athletes? You know, are there enough in a particular sport to compete against each other? But at yeah. least that would be fair. Well, that's kind of the argument that a lot of these trans proponents are using is there's not many of us, so don't worry about it. Well, that's going to continue to grow and that's grow and grow because- I think that they hope that within, you know, 10 years that 25% of the entire country is going to be trans. That's no. Okay. <laughs> well, everybody is now identifying as gay. It's now up to 21% of... You said gay, you meant trans. No, I'm of gay as, as an example. Whereas, yeah. whereas uh, I think 40 years ago, it was one or 2%. It's now up to 21% for millennials. Is that the newest... No, you're taking uh, Gen Z. Gen Z, yeah. But here's okay. So I'm just going to give the counterpoint to that, and our cat has joined the podcast, <laughs> so um, or the the broadcast. I believe sexuality is on a continuum. I, I really, really do. Many, many years ago, in the early '90s, when I was an undergrad and I was taking uh, my first what would now be called like feminist studies class, the professor asked you know, if there were no ramifications, you know, if, if nobody would get hurt, you know, you wouldn't suffer any consequences. She said, what percentage of the population, and I believe it was US only, would be heterosexual and what percentage would be homosexual? And she said, and imagine a line on a continuum. And she said, give me a percent that would be a hundred percent heterosexual and a hundred percent homosexual. And I thought it was a really interesting question. And I think it's it's very relevant today. I was the only person who got it right. 10% of the population would be 100% heterosexual. And of course, you'd have to define what that means. And then 10% would be 100% homosexual. And everybody else is on this spectrum, this line, where, of course, right in the middle, middle would be bisexual. I feel like that's still true, but that doesn't mean that... Let's use Ellen Page, the actress. She has always been a lesbian. She came out as a lesbian, but then she decided she was trans and became a man. Elliot Page, I guess she is now. She's going by Elliot Page. That's the other thing. And in athletics, we're seeing the erosion of female athletes. And I think the gay and lesbian population, at least from what we've read and seen, they feel like they're being erased too. I, I mean, you know, because it's not hip to be gay or lesbian anymore, you know, it's or homosexual or lesbian. It's that's not hip anymore. What's hip is to be trans. Yeah. yeah. And and we went from LGBT to LGBTQ and yeah, I mean, it's not just erasing female athletes. It's it's erasing other cultures as well. Well, let me say this about that. Okay. Thank you. All right. We're probably going to disagree, but go ahead. I think you, we as a society in general are missing the big point and words mean things. They do. And the greatest way that you can sway a society is to, to change the meaning, to get somebody to believe a word means something other than it means. And I use that with sex and gender, right? Sex and gender are the same thing. In my, I take a lot of flack for that. They are the same thing. 
who you are sexually attracted to is not a gender. That's your sexuality. Okay. Yes, correct. Yeah. So sex and gender are the same thing. So what they have done is taken the word gender yeah. and made it into, it's a separate category of sex, if yeah. you will. And it's not, they're the same thing. And I can't agree to break that down on who you're attracted to is where you should compete in sports. Right. No. There are men, there are women. Yep. I Period. Yeah. And there's a very, very, we mentioned this once before, teeny tiny percentage of the population. I think it's like less than 1%, 1%. There are people who are intersex who, yes. who are hermaphrodites. That does happen. It is so extremely rare. Yeah. It is extremely rare. Well, and you're also now seeing that uh, the latest line from the left from the far left, I should say, and the left, is that you're assigned your sex at birth. No, nah, it's getting into the mainstream of Congress and everything. You that that there is they don't know what you are, and they come out and they look at you and then they, I guess, pick from their bag of tricks that they assign you. I actually read a So you can't have a gender reveal party anymore. Not anymore. No. Because Well, that's no fun. No, it isn't. But I was actually reading a funny column the other day about uh, this writer called eight different hospitals asking to speak to the person in charge of gender affirming. And none of the hospitals knew what they were talking about. Of course they didn't. <laughs> of course they didn't. So we, We've gone down uh, into this rabbit hole of the absurd. And I think I said something this morning. It's It's like our society is now an ongoing college course of gender studies, you know, that, that we're just, it's in the mainstream of everything that we do now. Uh, these incredibly far left ideas have now just permeated everything. And, uh, you know, I blame a lot of corporate media with that because the corporate oh, corporations, even though the actual audience for transgender people is incredibly small, it is a pandering that I have not seen in the past. Oh, if I were a teacher today, I would have been fired. Yeah. yeah. Do you like to remember everybody's uh, pronoun every single day? Yeah, and, no. And then it changed. No, so. it was hard enough teaching, okay? It was difficult. Yeah. yeah, no thanks. I'll pass. Hard pass. I think that's it for this episode. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I think we're, um, but but again, just a, just a plea to all the female athletes out there. Please speak up. You, you know, you are stronger together. You are not alone. And parents of female athletes, especially the ones who aren't in college yet, speak up, say something now. And in the future, we plan to do an interview style format as well. And so we welcome you on the show in the future. But please just speak up, speak your mind. You're going to get backlash. You're going to get hate. That happens. Ignore the haters. You know, but please, please stand up for yourself and for future female athletes. Yeah. And in fact, people can, all the haters out there, uh, go to our website, www. I got to say that first. No. Dot, I don't give a crap. <laughs> so, you can hate me all you want. I do that not is, care. That is not our website. <laughs> we better go reserve it right now. You, so. Well, okay. Just, I'm <laughs> sure it exists, but uh, you actually, you can find us, my favorite conservative. You can find us on Instagram. YouTube, Rumble, and uh, other channels are coming. Amen. All right. Thank you for joining us. All right. Take care next Bye. time. Bye-bye.